Welcome to another edition of Clock Talk with Dr. Greg Brennan. As always, we're on the forefront of hot topics, and today we're going to talk about immune health. Welcome, doctor. Uh, my pleasure, Jim. So, what is the correlation between sex hormones and our immune response? I can't wait. So, sex hormones, we've talked about that many times. Look at our branding, those four circles. That's the sex, hor that's the sex hormone. It's estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. We're going to go through how each of those affect the immune system. At first, what is the immune system? And this is important. There are two types of immune systems in our body. There's the innate, the one we're born with. That's very broad, very nonspecific, attacking foreign objects. Mm -hmm. Then you have the adaptive system. The adaptive is once your body learns certain things, it makes... Um, it makes certain cells where it goes after, like the nonspecific, the innate has white blood cells called macrophages, has killer cells, these kind of names. The innate has a thing we call antibodies, but that comes from these lymph, the thing called lymph, there's called B cells and T cells. B cells, B lymphocytes become what they call plasma cells, and that's what produces an antibody. Picture the letter Y. The letter Y, the open part of it is what attacks um, foreign, foreign proteins. And then that, the, the end part of the Y gets sucked up by these other molecules, one's called T cells, T helper cells, they get it and then your body engulfs it, gets rid of the stuff. So that's what, the, and that's, that is very important to understand. You have these CD cells that are actually killer cells, you have helper cells, it's very complex system. But that's understand, we are born with a sitting system and it adapts. Now, how the hormones work with this are very important. First off is there's a difference between men and women's amount of hormones, uh, immune system function. Estrogen has more of a, for women, helps more, they're better against viral infections. And, um, but the problem is if they're hypersensitive, that's why women have more chance for autoimmune where these antibodies attack the body itself. But you think about this, this is important. We'll get into a little more detail with progesterone. When a woman ovulates, they call it the vulnerable window. They'd say 14 to 20 when she's more prone for infections. What's also occurring at that time? Ovulation. What's the plan during that time? Fertilization, a baby. A baby genetically is not the same as a mother. So it is a foreign organ or a foreign tissue growing in this a human being, but it's foreign to the body. So how does her immune system not reject the baby, but yet keep her healthy? And we'll go over that. And that's the interplay of Estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone, that interplay of how they're intertwined is a very complex situation, which I, I just know the surface of it, but that's what we're going to talk about today. So there is a uh, difference between a male immune system and a female right. immune system. Yeah, 100%. Right. Uh, and it's interesting, like the estrogen part of it, the estrogen part of this is the actual on-off switch. It, it's actually made to respond or not respond. Then the testosterone part, we'll get to a little bit later on that, but the testosterone itself has a function that is, has to do with, so estrogen is, do we turn on or not? Testosterone and progesterone are what's called immune modulators. They're more down regulators. So when you have, because you, what you want is you want the immune system to turn on when it needs to turn on but be off when it's off. Chronically on leads to arthritis, dementia, Alzheimer's, diabetes, all these inflammatory diseases. But the on-off switch is primarily controlled by the estrogen. I understand. So 
So let's talk about some pathogens, some environmental factors that um, you know may have a detrimental effect on your immune system. Well, anything that affects the estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. So again, estrogen comes from testosterone. So these estrogen mimickers are the big thing on that. But you look at first off, when you look at testosterone first. So testosterone, we've seen studies. Test, lower testosterone, higher infection. Lower testosterone, higher chronic inflammation. Okay? We've also shown, there's a study in Stanford that showed that, again, vi women have a more response to viruses, but they showed in men, they did not have as much response in men. But the problem was the study in Stanford, they used the flu vaccine as the initiator. And this is important to understand. We talked before in a previous about our gut health. That's our barrier on the inside. Our skin is the barrier there on the outside. Our lungs are the barrier. Our immune system is around the skin, the gut, the lungs. When you get an injection of a vaccine, you're bypassing the natural defense. Our bodies don't respond that way. So that's very interesting to me. You're not really testing how it works. You're not taking a swab of stuff and stick it in the lung. And also, the amount of protein within the flu vaccine is so weak to do anything, they got to put what's called an adjunct to make your nervous system stimulate, your immune system stimulate. And that's aluminum. So I don't believe that study is a good study because it's actually not looking at the, at the virus. But we do know from the studies I have here, low T does this. It increases with associated with low, higher age, increased temperature, and a lower O2 saturation. We look at laboratories, the high, lower testosterone, high, there's a thing called C-reactive protein that goes up with inflammation that's high with low T. You have these cytokines. There's one called interleukin-6, which goes up with infection. That's higher with low T. Interleukin-10 is the one that lowers it. That's lower That's lower with low T. So the whole system's out of whack with the T. So the, the estrogen mimickers will throw that one off on that. So that's important for testosterone. The conclusion is lower testosterone, higher infection. In fact, the original COVID studies in Italy showed the highest risk factors for ICU admission and, and, and um, death were obesity, low vitamin D, and low testosterone. And there was a great study showing the testosterone to estrogen ratio. That's above 3.3. Therefore, low estrogen, low testosterone, high estrogen, it's over 3.3, had a 22-fold increase in death from COVID. That's how important testosterone is. Estrogen, again, I talked before, that has to do with actually modulating the cytokines, turning on and turning off. Uh, the response is very, very important on that. But again, Things that mess up our immune system is a high starchy diet and these environmental toxins. You want to go to the slide? Yes, here's the slide here. Okay, so the box over there is a focus on that box. All these other numbers will talk. These are just disease processes that occur when you have a messed up immune system. But sex hormones in the middle, they are controlled the immune response, and we talked about innate and adaptive. The genetic changes of messenger RNA and that depth, uh, uh, epigenetics means your DNA isn't changed, but it's the influences on top of the DNA, to how, the, how it responds. You have environmental factors, the biggest one, smoking, and when we look back there, our microbiota, the dysbiosis, and then how we sleep, crucially important for immune system. We're out of whack, higher cortisol level, higher infection. So that's the tie together. But the interesting one, Jim, that gets me is progesterone. Progesterone, again, it's a down regulator. So it's important is to be, meaning it doesn't turn your immune system on. It actually modulates it so it's not turned on all the time. So I'm back to my pregnancy things. You want to make sure it controls the body so you don't reject the baby. So is progesterone kind of like a, a timer you put on a light? I like that. That's a good one. 
It's an, it's an immune modulator, immune suppressor, but still let the immune system be on. So like, it could be like a dimmer, like it won't be on or off. The, the E is on or off. The progesterone like a dimmer. Okay, got it. So let's talk about some of these, uh, these uh, autoimmunes, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, for example. Um, you know, it seems like, why do certain autoimmunes attack certain parts of the body? Yeah. Um, is that, um, yeah, why don't we just go ahead? Well, wanna... first off is, women are about threefold higher risk for autoimmune disease. Now we have a little medical, a, a scientific reason why. They're estrogen, they're more estrogen dominant. They're five times higher estrogen than men. They're great against viral infections. They're great for that, but they're a little more prone for hypersensitivity. So if they're exposed to a, a joint protein, arthritis, if they're exposed to the higher dementia rate too, maybe a nerve protein, the, the, the tau proteins, the tentacles, the protein tentacles in the, uh, the beta amyloids in the brain, if they get a response, they're more prone to have more of a hyper response. That's why women are higher on that one. And it's interesting. It's not like estrogen is bad for that because too low could do certain inflammation, too high could do certain inflammation. It's that right balance. And that's the immune system with the microbiome to keep the estrogen levels at the proper level. The problem is in menopause, they have none. And that's where everything is thrown off. So if you balance your sex hormones, then could you then cure autoimmune? That's actually some studies I read. They're saying if now they're talking about if we do have because we look at data, men, uh, women, so women now in postmenopausal age are getting repl uh, hormone replacements, less arthritis, less osteoporosis, less dementia, because all those are inflammatory disease processes. So it's going to the root cause. This is really important. Harvard did a paper three years ago. They find an association of low estrogen. One clinical biomarker, it's hot flashes. It's not a nuisance. It's actually shown to be a 200% increase in heart attacks. Why? The lining of the endothelium of the arteries are smooth and great. And estrogen helps clean, keep that going. Now you lose it. Now you have symptoms of hot, so I'm just hot. It's a problem with the, no, that's just a sign that the endothelial lining is becoming inflamed. Of the, big, the two big endothelial linings that are damaged, heart and brain. So let's go down that road a little bit further then, because young people obviously are, don't have menopause and therefore don't have hot flashes. So what happens to cause the hot flash? Hot flashes is stop production of estradiol. That's all it is. Te again, we talk about sex. We talk about sex hormones. We associate testosterone, progesterone only with fertility, okay, or sexual characteristics. Where they do, but they affect every single cell in the body. And there's an optimal range of all those, not based upon age. There are normal ranges for your age, but are we calling the disease process? If we looked at aging as a disease, a great book called Ages talks about this. If we looked at aging as a disease, we'd attack the cause of the aging. So I'm thinking if we keep the hormone levels in an optimal youthful range, will our cells age slower? And that we've seen reversal of symptoms of menopause in the genital area, in the brain area, in cognitive thought, because we've seen that we're seeing that come through. That's why it's important to understand which hormones you give. And bioidentical don't have the don't have the same risk as synthetics. Coupled with that, is the severeness of these hot flashes more prevalent since 1970 on? For example, in the early 1900s and the 1800s, based on the environmental conditions back there, would they 
less of an issue as they are today. Now, when you look, when you look at the data, it's hard to find, but the menopause have been about the same, 51 to 54 years of age. So no matter, that would not be an environmental. Menopause is truly a physiological change. I understand change. that part. I'm just talking about these, these symptoms with it. The, the, symptoms, the symptoms have been there for, for a time, yes, but we saw that in the 60s with a big push that we found that uh, that estrogen actually decreased those symptoms tremendously. And the benefits of the brain and heart have been there. It's the question is which one, like, I'll give you an example. They find that estrogen health keeps skin healthier, mucosa healthier, but for some reason, synthetic ones don't. Well, duh, because they're not the same. Progesterones, they find progesterone is a great immunomodulator, but sometimes the synthetic progesterones increase infection. Levonorgestrel is a synthetic one. It's used in IUDs and birth control pills. That has a 300 times, 300% higher affinity for the progesterone receptor. But people with taking those doesn't have the same outcome of protection of the immune system. Actually, it increased infections on these. Because, because it fits the receptor does not mean it does the right function. That's why it's very important that the molecule must buy, be identical, atom for atom, three-dimensional, three-dimensional, for the actual receptor it's made for. So if you're a kid, for example, and you're going through uh, puberty, then you're a young adult, and you have these chronic allergies, does that, could they potentially lead to more severe autoimmune down the road? Without, okay, we're taking this down a path. The question is why, like, where's the, I'll give you an example. Where's the peanut allergy come from? Boom, we, we as kids, we never had them, very rare. But a lot of these oils now are used in a lot of vaccines. When we were kids, we had about four or five vaccines. Now we have about 79 vaccines the first four years of life. The question is that more exposure to these foreign proteins, is that, that might be one of the reasons. Again, our food supplies, no, there's no non-tainted placebo group in our food, period. So I don't know that, Jim. All I know is there are a higher reason. I think it's multifactorial. Mm -hmm. Okay. But again, a, whole, a strong immune system is crucial. I mean, again, I, you, I didn't see sexes for mommies and babies' lives. So not anti-C-section. But we're, we're actually now doing babies that are born C-section. We're culturing their throats with vaginal swabs from the mommy. So that we were getting this, we're understanding this, this whole integrative medicine, this whole functional is coming to fruition now because the body's pretty brilliant when given the right nutrients, the right bacteria, the right balance of these hormones, the body can be really adaptable. But I really want people to understand the complexity of this. We could tie together the bacteria, the immune system, the gut, brain, hormone, endocrine systems are all tied together. This is the big thing to understand. Nothing is in isolation. Nothing's in isolation. Especially this day and age too, and obviously you would recommend the younger your children are, the more exposed, not necessarily to severe pathogens, but they're out playing in the dirt, they're doing things to we build that. We know that. We know that. Uh, the chicken pox get it naturally has a better, less recurrence rate than a person been vaccinated. We know these things. Excellent. Another great 15 minutes with Dr. Greg Brandon. Thank you. <laughs>